What's up, guys? Welcome to another exciting edition of Real Estate Podcast, episode 346. I'm here with Griffin. I'm here with Trav. And I'm now officially afraid of nail guns without him. Huh. <laughs> Sweet, we watched The Killer. The Killer, dude. Michael Cockbender coming in strong. He's like the Dexter of yes, serial yeah. killers, huh? Yeah. Or Hitman. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, David Venture, dude. Yeah. I mean... Um, it, I saw a review online, right? That was like this. It felt like the killer was an incredible pilot episode to a TV series, and I kind of feel that in a way. You know, I, I mean, I can, mm-hmm. I can see, I can see where they get it. Yeah, sure. Yeah, because it it does feel like whenever it gets to the end and the resolution and everything happens, you're just like. This they're not okay. <laughs> you know what I'm mean? like. I just there's such an uneasy feeling, even though there's a happy ending that kind of happens. It's like there's still that uneasiness there, um, or at least that's how I felt whenever I was was peeping it. You know. Well, like, well, first with me, like I love the fact that it was a it was a graphic novel that I hadn't ever heard of or anything. So I like that it was a full going in cold experience you know yeah 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 i like that for sure i mean just as a side note but my question for you guys is did y'all realize did y'all did y'all pick up who the real killer was though stress Hmm? (laughs) stress stress is the real killer (laughs) no the real dude the real the real killer of the film uh, you take a crack at it adam I don't know what you're talking about. So, this movie definitely had an agenda. And the killer is capitalism and big tech. Well, not not capitalism, but big tech. From, like, start to finish, it shows you, like, all these, like, little things and how it adds into the, the theory that, like, big tech, like, the more money you get, the harder you are to kill and if you're nobody, then, you know, they can do away with you. Like, you ain't shit. So, for it's instance. like the guy at the end. I thought he was going to kill him when he got there. And it's like, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's just like, so, stop. So, start of the movie. <clears throat> he's holed up in an old abandoned WeWork station. That's our first indicator. WeWork was that company that bottomed out with the pandemic. Mm-hmm. But the whole theory was that, like, Everybody started buying into it because companies like Amazon, which we see get used in the film, um, the uh, hell, not not even to mention one of the first things he talks about when he leaves the buildings, he's like, "There's over fifteen hundred McDonald's in this country, like, yeah, so I can get fifteen grams of protein, yada yada yada, yeah." But like, but back to the WeWork thing though. You had Amazon, Facebook, and Google, and he Googled the shit out of all kinds of stuff to get to those Amazon Amazon purchases. And it, even even his methods of killing throughout the film was using technology, like how he he bought the key fob and he took the key fob that he perfectly paid with money to fucking duplicate dude shit. Yeah. And then at the very end, when he goes and 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 deals with the billionaire, 
that's one of the things he also points out while he's staking him out too, is he's like, you know, billionaire guy made him money, you know, like the more money you, he even says something like that. Like the more money you have, the more problems it makes for you. Yeah. And when he's talking to the lady, when he's joining that club or whatever, Mm -hmm. he even goes and says some shit like these guys aren't Mossad. They're not these, like all these other little, you know, killer top organizations that are out there. Right. And just how like it gave you that odd, that odd feeling that you got Griffin. I had it Mm -hmm. too, but it was because like where he was inside that club with all the billionaires and shit. Like it kind of lets you know without letting you know what that was, you know, right? And that's an uneasy thing. Yeah. So I think you had the. I think your reaction was ex- exactly. I mean, I had it too. <clears throat> but yeah, that, I mean, at least that's my little. That that's the spin that I know. Like that was something me and me and Deidre, me and Deidre were talking about on the way home. We were just bringing up all that shit and all the different stuff. Like, like he just sat there and was just straight up going through Amazon, ordering a, a fob copier. And I mean, you've seen those tic- you've seen those TikToks and uh, tweets all the time of those people who buy those little like digital reader things and they're able to manipulate shit around them. The dolphin. Yeah. yeah. Like, so I mean, but yeah, I think that was that movie's underlying message was like big tech because whenever, because you know how he keeps repeating that speech throughout it, like stick to the plan. Don't do this. Don't do that. Et cetera. Yeah. Don't improvise. Well, yeah. And he's like, this is what it takes. And he's like, you can, you can either be one of the, one of the few or one of the many. And at the end he's like, or you can be like me, one of the many. Yep. And that, that, what's even crazier too is when you think of it from a business standpoint all his methods is what you would use in a cutthroat business market yeah but uh, yeah yeah i i, I, don't know. I did <laughs> go ahead yeah i was just saying that i mean like i said i'm still fresh off the watch i'm still processing it and everything but that that at at this point that's 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 what I took from the the movie, right? Yeah, I was expecting him to kill that dude too. Like, and whenever you know he shows up, and dude's like, I didn't. I mean, you know, said shit happens. You know, th- things go wrong, and he's like, you want us to take care of it? And he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. That's fine. Go ahead and take care of it and everything. And it's just, you know, it's a, it's a very, it was very underwhelming to a degree. But I don't know, like, I guess that I guess I'm suffering from the same issue that a lot of other people are, where it's just like, you know, I'm expecting to go in there and like, we get the fight sequence with the dude in Florida. Then we get like the, the conversation, you know, the little bit more low key sequence with uh, Tilda Swinton. And then whenever he finally shows up and it just kind of like nothing happens you know you expect like this massive shootout to happen you know he kills the guy somebody walks in and he has to fight his way out of this building and all this stuff and he's just like no nah. just well walk away. I, 
Well, I mean, like, you know, whenever you have the whole scene where he's digging up his guns, like the, the John Wick moment, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then it decides to not be, which I was really glad that this didn't, like, I wish maybe it could have had a little more action, but the fact that waiting for that trigger pull made those mm-hmm. scenes build up to it so tense and made it more engaging. And yeah. with Fincher's knack for heavy, like, narration and everything it just it 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 fit really well was i wanting him to kill dude at the end absolutely but like the way everything was building up it was like you started seeing him divert from his little mantra yeah well he did and like he still kind of committed to it in those two scenarios where he uh where the where the like the nail gun sequence where he takes the chick and she's like you know I can't just die here at the office like you know yeah, I need to be found blah blah, blah. Yeah, yeah all that crap and uh, so he snaps her neck as she's going down the steps and makes it look like she you know yeah he still killed her but he was still he still broke one of the rules like empathetic right. he's not supposed to show empathy yeah well and it's like at the end of the day like is he any better than than these people because like who knows how much money dude made while doing all this. And then they, they make a point to show you that he goes and has all of his monies moved into his Caribbean account. Mm -hmm. So it's like he, he basically, because he may not be a billionaire, right? But like how much money does he have? Definitely a millionaire. Oh, for sure. Multiple millions. I was smart enough to make some decent investments too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, he said he was I studying mean, law at one time, you know, so. I mean, um, dude, this dude, this dude was the smoothest motherfucker on planet Earth. Like, he just slipped in and out, like. Yeah, well, and I think the, I really like the idea of the smartwatch being his uh, heart rate monitor. Yeah, that was where, cool. like, he didn't, he didn't uh, externally show, you know, stress and all that stuff. He was like a stone cold killer, you know face to face but they did a good job at bringing that mechanic or that that thing into the movie to where it's like this is him like he's freaking out right now you don't see it but like this is his heart rate going up you know what i mean like he's still a human (laughs) you know yeah well it's also yeah and how it factored in too with with how he operates with like because whenever he's whenever he's holed up in the uh, we work station at the start he even makes a point to say, as long as I keep a 60, 60 uh, you know, heart rate and yeah. nothing else factors in, like, I'm not going to miss. Yeah. And he had the opportunity to, to shoot that guy yep. again. Like, he, he hesitated, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I think he was over it. You know what I mean? Like, Well, I, just, I think once he... Yeah, that th- that probably was a, a big factor too, especially when, you know, it still kind of ties in that classic, oh shit, work came to my house. Yeah. Like, I'm out. Yeah. But I, I did, you, you gotta, you gotta think t- so too about how it factors into that ending being kind of, you know, not as, you know, you know, explosive or, you know, some sort of big shootout necessarily. Yeah. You got to remember Florida guy beat his fucking ass. Yeah. He killed him. 
But yeah, he like, got his he ass got, whipped. He got yeah. his ass beat yeah. in that fight. I like in yeah. that scene how when the dude was walking around, how bassy his footsteps were. Well, it was like it to me from my perspective watching it. It was like they were on a ship. Yeah, because everything was so creaky, and uh-huh. you could. They kept the ambient noise of the ocean going. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It sounded like they were having a fight on a ship, like a pirate ship or something, which was wild, you know? Well, what was crazy was the level of hits they were both taking. I'm like, dude, I would have been done in after, like, probably the first one, dude. Yeah, I thought that dude knocked him out right there. First couple of hits he got in, I'm like, oh, he's about to wake up on fucking Dexter Slab over here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I thought we were fixing to get into that, but no. Nah. But yeah, I mean, all in all, it was it was good. It was just like, it wasn't what I was expecting, which is not a bad thing at all. Because like, like I said, I think I'm suffering from the same thing that a lot of other people where it's just like, you know, all the movies that we get that aren't comic book movies that are, are decent, you know, are like these super over the top action extravaganzas, you know, like you kind of see that coming back, especially with like the, um, with John Wick and things like that. And mm-hmm. pulling the, the, the classic David Fincher style where it's just like, no, we're going to end the movie the right way. It may not be the way that you want it to, but we're going to end it the right way. Uh, and you're going to have to sit here and figure out how you feel about that, you know, as a, as an audience member and also in terms of like this, the overall story of it, which I respect it, you know, yeah, I dude. respect it a lot. I just feel like uh, I need to watch it again. Now that I know what I'm in store for, you know? Well, when you watch it, dude, consider that long-ass spiel I gave, man, for real. Like, Yeah. I genuinely think that was the message of the film. I mean, David Fincher, he going to sprinkle some stuff in there, you know, from time to time. I know I, I know I was sick of listening to the Smiths by the end. Of I know, story. dude. I, that's that's one of the talking points. I'm like, this dude loves the Smiths. I'm like, they're. I mean, they're okay. Like, but that's the only thing he listens to. At first, I thought it was Duran Duran. To be honest with you, because like some of the upbeat parts, and then like I, I was like, I was like, ah. The minute I saw the Smiths, I was like, of course, yeah. Makes sense, right? But no, I, I did enjoy it. And and I do need to give it another watch because like I said, I was expecting it to go full action movie at the end and it didn't and it kind of took me off guard a little bit. And that's why, that's another thing that contributes to that uneasy feeling because it's like, he goes to Louisiana and he kills the lawyer that's supposed to be like the ringleader of all this, more or less, right? Mm-hmm. But, like, is he, though? You know what I mean? Like, Well, pretty much his boss. Yeah. But is he the top brass? You know what I mean? Like, or is there another dude? You know what I mean? Like, we we don't know how deep their whole uh, structure, their corporate structure of this, like, hired killer thing is. And I was expecting, you know, at, at the end of the movie, like, when it shows them out there, you know, sitting on the chairs and everything, and I was just like, somebody's I have a feeling that somebody else is going to show up. Like who did this, this, some of these people that he killed know that's going to be pissed about him, you know, 
And is he actually untouchable? Like, I mean. No. Yeah, exactly. Because when he says he's just one of the many, that's when he realizes, like, he ain't the main character. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's just doing shit just like these other people. He can get killed, too. Yeah. But I do think he, he tried to clean and kill enough people to get away from it. Like, he kills, the you know, the woman. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the people the who, are, like, di- who are directly related with the exception of that. I don't guy. know why he let that dude live at them. Maybe he just knew that if he killed him, that would open up. That, then that would get into a whole nother. Yeah. Uh, open a can of worms. It's like, okay, I'm just letting you yeah. know <laughs> it's this easy. Yeah. We going to have any problems? The guy was like, no, no, I mean. Yeah, definitely not. Oh. He is a placebo. Fucking wild. He hits him with the fucking nail gun, dude. That that came out of left field to me. I knew he was was going to use it. I just wasn't expecting it that way. Oh, dude, before he fell, he put that paper down. Yeah, he's like, mm-hmm. he went full he's Dexter on him. He's with it the whole yeah, time. For was, sure. yeah. The whole time I was thinking, I was like, this dude's autistic or something. Well, I mean, look at that fucking storage building he parked yeah. his van in. He said he just he just drew on the recycling logo, and they just let him in. Yeah. <laughs> there was well, also another thing, too. And maybe I'm wrong here. Maybe it's the, the tism. <laughs> but... um. There were moments, especially whenever he was dealing with uh, the chick in the, in the van and everything. Very house that Jack built vibes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I picked up, especially him driving around and stuff. You can definitely tell that he pulled a lot of his uh, mind hunter experience and sprinkled into this. Because the shot of him driving down the highway and how the camera is like positioned like almost directly behind the van... Yeah. That's very Mindhunter esque, you know, and like the way that he filmed during certain times of the day, you know, and things like that. So, oh, I, I, and I like that the way that it would be this weird pan to like it would be a quick cut to from like like early afternoon to night. Yeah, coupled with you know the driving montages because that's usually that that's how that pattern played out, but. uh yeah, man. Just, I thought it was just a solid film. Yeah. I mean, it may, to me, after watching it, it makes sense why it kind of like went to Netflix and all that kind of stuff. <clears throat> Is it the best David Fincher film? No, but like, it's still good though. It still lives. It still I think lives it's of that. his quality. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But whenever you look at the slam bams that this dude's put out, it's like, okay, it's great, but is it, seven good or zodiac good or fight club good you know what i mean like but it's good it's really good i think because of this i think because of the simple plot is why that person feels that it feels like a good pilot episode you know yeah yeah i feel like that's how that, that that like one could get that that vibe from it and I would because, watch more. Oh, I would watch Michael Fassbender figure shit out for hours. Like, yeah. I'm cool with that. <laughs> yeah, for <laughs> like, real. Right? Like, as long as well, he's got some cool shit to say while he does it, he fucking let the man. Out. Whenever he hit that dude with that nail gun, he was like, he's just really, he should be good for like, you know, 10 minutes or whatever. And then the dude's like, ugh. He's like, fuck. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You, <laughs> yeah. come here. Yeah. 
Maybe that was just <laughs> some, was, he had to know that she knew where yeah, the no, shit was at yeah. too. So it's like, but if he was, he's like, he's got plenty of time. Yeah. Like, I think you put too many nails, man. He put them in his actually, lungs, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. His, yeah. The whole thing was he was going to like, let it slow feel, I guess. Yeah. It was one Which is a horrible way to die. <laughs> yeah. Drowning Jesus. your own blood. Yeah. One too um, many. He could have held back. But like, he, I felt indifferent to most of the kills, except for when he killed that chick with, in the van. Cause like the way she was trying to get out. Yeah. Like she kind of broke, she broke character, you know, like she, she showed like the type of person that she actually is. Yeah. Oh, I mean, of course she's begging for her life. I'm, I'm you know, obviously, yeah. but she acted like she, she, she knew and she wasn't saying shit. Yeah. Which tip of the hat to home girl. Right. Yeah. When he goes and visits her in the hospital and she's like, I didn't say shit. Yeah. Was that his girlfriend? I yeah. think so. Right. Yeah. And, and even she was like, trust me, I didn't say nothing. He's like, I mean, I'm not here to kill you. Yeah. Yeah. I bitch. Don't know. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely yeah. not a good guy. No. I mean, he's a killer. Well, but mean, that's the thing, though. Like he, he's not trying to justify his actions either. Like he is what oh. he is. You know what I mean? And that's one thing that you know. It's like those first couple of seasons of Dexter. He is what he is. He didn't try to like really justify it. He just tried to exist with the code, and then he got complicated. <laughs> I like the way <laughs> you know? that he would dress. Like he, he, would, yeah. you know, he would just look like nobody yeah. walking around. Dragon like when he's toy. sitting there eating his little, he gets rid of yeah. the bread, of course, but yeah, his little McMuffin. Yeah. And he's wearing like the fucking Hawaiian shirt, mm-hmm. the hat, you know, it's just like, I'm just yeah. nobody. Yeah. I think at one point he even mentions like most people don't remember the details. You know, you don't want to stand out like. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's what he's. Uh, now I remember the, the yeah. quote he says about that billionaire. He goes, "You get to a point where you make so much money, you can't disappear into the wallpaper." Yeah. But yeah, it was it was good though, man. I just I I, I just like the way his inner monologue was like written. Yes. yes. And I'm curious as to how one to one this is supposed to be to the graphic novel. Probably fairly close, I would imagine. I'm sure David Fincher took some liberties on certain things. Yeah. Um, but I think like the, just the general over, because I mean, him wearing a Hawaiian shirt with that Gilligan hat. Yeah. I mean, well, that got comic book written all over it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like He looked like Hunter S. Thompson. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Like, I just expected him to get up and be like, whoop, 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 yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. When he were, whenever he was sitting across from Tilda Swinton, I was like, David, is that you? Yeah. He was just like <laughs> lifeless, you know, just. Yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, I guess I'll bring out a bottle. Yeah. She bring knew. out the whole bottle. Yeah. Oh, dude, she ordered a flight. But yeah. Good stuff, though. Like, definitely want to peep it again. Glad I watched have, it. Have y'all ever had a flight or heard of one? Mm mm. It's a row of shots, obviously, as you saw in the film, but yeah. it's a different liquor in each one. It's like a showcase, almost, oh. I guess. 
I've so I've had Did something you, similar to that, but not with liquor. I try not to do that in public. Yeah. Speaking, so oh, sp- yeah. I was just saying, speaking of that scene though, did you guys think for a second she was gonna poison him? Yes. I thought she poisoned in the bottle. Yeah, and she was just gonna take them both out. Yeah. Like yeah, like make like make the drinks, you know, because she started drinking them and everything. Yeah. And she goes to pour the bottle, and by then he's like, All right, it's good, you know. It was like, Yeah, well, if I'm going out, I'm going out speaking to kings. Yeah. <laughs> but I've had one of those things at a uh, brewery. Um, it wasn't liquor, it was just beer, you know, and it was like six different, you know it was more than a shot. It was I've done a, that like at a, a brewery, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Just it'll be their sampler of everything they got, you know. Yeah. You buy the and cup. Awesome. Yeah. So one was a jalapeno not... beer. Oh. One that was I it had actually was... spicy. Not really. There might have been like Love a little it. kick on the back end. Like you could tell it was like, okay, yeah, it's in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you start sneezing. You're like, oh, it's in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh but yeah, enjoyed it. Definitely. Dude, David Fincher, I don't think I've ever watched anything by him that I didn't like. You know? I mean, yeah, the movie's definitely that guy's quality. Yeah, and the dude. I mean, I, I'm I'm in the same boat with you, man. I haven't I haven't watched something by him that I that I was like disappointed in at all. Yeah, he's hmm. a good storyteller. He actually worked on Mindhunter. Yeah, he directed several episodes. I think he co-created it. Yeah, just he directed seven episodes. Yeah. yeah, produced nineteen of them. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, I haven't watched Mank. He directed two episodes of House of Cards, which makes sense. Um, He does a lot of music videos. A lot of music videos. From everybody. Madonna, Billy Idol. Well, I mean... The intro to Fight Club was essentially a music video. Yeah, right. I think we need to do a David Fincher month at some point. We hit the high notes here, you know? Because he's definitely... We can alternate and have a Fincher February. (laughs) I mean, that might be too too on the nose. I mean, we had a June wick for crying out loud. (laughs) That's true. That's true. On the nose is where we live. I mean, dude. It's the only way to properly infect, my man. Yeah. Oh, man. Like staph infection. Yeah, right. We're just there. But yeah. I mean,. I'm going to give it a full star. I do want to go back and watch it. Cause after it was over, I was just like, that wasn't what I was expecting. And then after like sitting on it for a little bit and like actually kind of, you know, digesting what was happening there, it, it made me appreciate it and enjoy it that much more. Um, cause I was expecting it to get, I was expecting it to be David Fincher X John wick. Well, like the trailer. Yeah. Yeah. The trailer was super action packed, you know, like, and I should have known better, but, you know. But overall, I, I enjoyed it. I'm giving it a full star. Like, I'm I definitely put, put this in the rotation, you know. Same. Full star for me, too. Great. It Michael gets Fassbender. another 
I mean, it gets another coveted golden real estate fastbender. Yeah. He's, I mean, let's see what a he's got. Fastbender sounds like a part. It does, right? It sounds like a fastbender. It sounds like an insanely crazy mixed cocktail, like some sort of drink. <laughs> Yeah. It's like once you shake this up right, it's you and know it makes it real fast. Your, yeah, it's like fast you, got your fast bend, you got your fast bender. Why? Because it's gonna fuck you up fast. And you keep drinking it, you gonna bender. Yeah, <laughs> you'll be back. Yeah, <laughs> don't worry. If you take a mixology course today, we're gonna figure out how to do the most complicated drink known to man. What the fast bender? You're gonna bring out a scotch glass. You're not even gonna use it. You, but you have to have the glass. You pour it right in your mouth. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be good. We got a little bit of movie news here if you want to hit on it real quick, though. Um. Oh, True Detective. When does it start? It's in December. Hold on. True Detective. Is it season four? Yes. True Detective season four. Premieres January the 14th. All right, so we're definitely throwing that on the pile, right? Mm-hmm. It won't be next week, but the following week. And I'm excited. People are giving it early reviews, and they're like, it's, oh, it's true detective. Like, dropping on it, Sundays. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. So people are giving it, the, giving it the nod. So I'm ready for it. So Jordan Peele teases his upcoming fourth film could be my favorite movie. So this will excite horror fans. Filmmaker Jordan Peele says his anticipated upcoming fourth film has the potential to be his favorite. Given Peele's uh, previous efforts, the critically lauded Get Out, Us, and Nope, it's a promising statement. Peele's fourth uh, directorial feature was slated for a Christmas Day 2024 release, but the actors and writers strike postponed the project. While no release date is currently confirmed, Pill teases that the project is, quote, clear to him. During a recent appearance on Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend podcast, Pill spoke about the long-awaited film, discussing setbacks and his hope for the future. This has been, obviously, it's been an interesting year because the writer's strike had had me in a state of listening, and that's where I need to be. He began cautiously. I do feel like my next project is clear to me, and I'm psyched that I have another film that, you know, could be my favorite movie if I make it right. The film's production was initially was initially scheduled for last year, and no new release date has been set yet. Little is known about the upcoming movie, which is expect which is to be expected, as Pill always keeps his cards very close to his chest. A second movie connected with Pill. Uh, was also removed from Universal Pictures' release calendar. There's no list of premiere date for the unnamed project, which is which was originally scheduled for uh, September of 2024. Um, and then he talks about the uh, him t- teaming up with uh, Kojima for the OD, you know, the video game project OD mm-hmm. for Kojima. And then he talks about people under the stairs and all that kind of stuff. So um, I don't think that. He's set to produce a reboot. Uh, Pill and Monkey Paw Productions partner uh, Wim Rosenfeld are set to produce a reboot of Wes Craven's 91 horror People Under the Stairs. Um, I don't think that'll be his next flick, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, 
it would be awesome if he would come in and direct it, but like I don't know, like he produced Candyman. Yeah, you know he didn't direct that, and it was great. Like it was, it was a great. So, um, I'm excited. I mean, Nope was such a unique. Well, if you'll notice, whenever he directs something, usually it's original. Yeah, material. Very. He'll. Yeah, yeah. I mean, everything yeah. he's done, right? Yeah, was something yeah. that he wrote or. Yeah. Get out, us, no. So I don't yeah. see him directing. No. But it's cool that he's and, involved in it. Yeah, right. Yeah. No, I'm I'm excited to see what the next project is. I mean, he has he has genuinely surprised me as a filmmaker. Really? You know, you th- you think the dude from, you know, Key and Peel is doing horror movies, but no, nah, dude, they're working and like well made, well written. Like, I don't know. So I'm excited. I'm ready for it. So Jack Black swaps Super Mario for Minecraft, boards the Jason Momoa game adaptation. So Minecraft movie continues to build its cast with Super Mario Brother movies Bowser, aka Jack Black, jumping from one massive game franchise to another. According to Deadline, Black uh, will be playing the role of Steve in the movie although there are very few other details available at this time. Uh, Black is the latest star to board the Jason Momoa-led adaptation of the Mojang Sandbox game, which has sold almost 300 million copies worldwide and is uh, is the best-selling video game of all time. The Minecraft movie has been stealthily piecing together an ensemble cast since it was first announced, with Peacemaker star Danielle Brooks, Emma Myers, and Sebastian Eugene uh, Hans, Sebastian Eugene Hansen previously being announced to star alongside Momoa in the video game adaptation, which will be directed by Napoleon Dynamite Helmer Jared Hess. It was previously revealed that Brooks will play the role of Don, while uh, Hansen will play the role of Henry. The pair will join the likes of Aquaman star Jason Momoa and What We Do in the Shadows actor Matt Berry for this live-action adaptation of the hugely popular sandbox game. I mean, Matt Berry, yeah, and Jack Black. I mean, like what? Almost criminal. Yes, yeah, yeah. Oh man, like what? That's awesome though. And he's gonna be playing St- Minecraft Steve. So that's like a major. Jack I Black would assume. Is? Yeah, yeah. It says that um, according to Deadline, Black will be playing the role of Steve in the movie. Perfect. So, like, he's going to be the guy that's, like, been there for, come on, gang, you know, like, real upbeat, happy, oh, that's a creeper, watch what happened, you know, like, he's going to be blacking it up, so, he's going to be doing his thing. I'm excited. The more people that they add to this, like, I was excited when Charlie Cox and some of those guys were in talks to do the Minecraft movie, but... Even with Momoa being a part of it, like, and I don't hate Momoa. Don't get me, you know, I'm I'm not saying that, but like, you're like Momoa Minecraft. Like, how does mm-hmm. this gonna work? And it's like, well, if he plays, if he plays it like, um, uh, Naked Gun, if he's the straight guy with yeah. all this crazy stuff, you know what I mean? That could work. So, but here's the real question: Are we in danger of having Momoa? take the place of um, uh, Chris Pratt. 
you know, people were like, we're tired of seeing Chris Pratt and everything. Chris Pratt, Chris Pratt. Is Momoa going to get to that point where he's going to be the guy in everything, you know? And people are going to get tired of dealing with him. Hmm. We'll see. I'm not tired of Chris Pratt, by the no. way. No. <laughs> I know there's a lot of people that like to hate on Chris Pratt. Don't get it. Like, he's a great actor. Oh, Mario movie he's, made a billion dollars. Yeah. Like, he's casting stuff for a reason. So, you know. But. Fucking Star-Lord. Yeah. I mean. But, you know, we'll see. So Lionsgate closes a deal to acquire E1 from Hasbro with one big franchise caveat. So Lionsgate has officially completed their purchase of E1 from Hasbro, snapping up the rights to almost 6,500 titles as part of the agreement. However, Hasbro is not handing over their biggest franchises and has included a caveat that allows them to develop projects based on their own franchises. First reported in August, the deal has finally been closed with Lionsgate paying $375 million for Entertainment One. According to Hasbro press release, this sale will include a talented team of employees, a content library of nearly 6,500 titles, active productions for non-Hasbro-owned IP like the Rookie, Yellow Jackets, and Naked and Afraid franchises, and the E1 unscripted business, which will include rights for certain Hasbro-based shows like Play-Doh Squished. However, Hasbro's biggest franchises, such as Transformers, Peppa Pig, Power Rangers, Monopoly, Dungeons & Dragons, My Little Pony, and Clue, will not move to Lionsgate, but will see significant development, production, and financing capabilities. Although it has been reported that the deal includes the development of the long gestation live-action Monopoly movie, the franchise is one uh, that remains under Hasbro's control. Hasbro CEO Chris Cook previously shared his excitement in an official statement, uh, commenting on the collaboration on the Monopoly movie, among other things. This sale fully aligns with our strategy, and we are pleased to bring this process to a successful close. Lionsgate's management team is experienced in entertainment and adept at driving value, and we're glad to have found such a good home for our E1 film and TV business. We look forward to partnering with them, especially on a movie adaptation of Monopoly. Entertainment remains a priority for Hasbro. Hasbro will continue to develop and produce entertainment based on the rich vault of Hasbro-owned brands. We will also bring to life new original ideas designed to fuel all areas of Hasbro's blueprint, including toys, publishing, gaming, uh, licensed consumer products, and location-based entertainment. As part of the sale, uh, we expect to move to an uh, asset-light model for future live-action live entertainment relying on licensing and partnerships with select co-productions. So let's see what E1 has here. I'm going to do a quick Google search. They were like, nah, man, we're making way too much money on Monopoly Go right now. Uh, yeah, they're making a bang out. So I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm an active player, you know. So it so. says here that uh, August the August 2019, American Toy and Media Company Hasbro announced that it had reached an agreement to acquire Entertainment One for four billion. For four billion, they bought it for four billion and sold it for three hundred and seventy-five million. They need a fast bender. Something. So, th these are some of the productions here. 
uh, Barney, Romeo and Juliet. Um, now you see me. Two Guns, The Butler, Riddick, Rush, American Hustle, Walking with Dinosaurs, Lone Survivor, I Frankenstein, Enemy, uh, Draft Day, What If, The Good Lie, Child 44. I mean, they, they put out a bunch. My Little Pony stuff. Uh, Logan Lucky was part of it. Clifford is part of it. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of stuff here. Untitled Clifford, the Big Red Dog sequel. They did a live-action Clifford movie, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, I was thinking so, yeah. Uh, X, they did X. Uh, Spanish distribution only, distributed by A24 in the United States. So, the, I mean, they've... They've worked on a lot of a lot of stuff here. Um, it's wild that they bought it for four billion, and like they they didn't make nothing for selling it for three hundred and seventy five million. I don't know. I don't know why Hasbro. Like I understand why Hasbro would want like a a TV and film division because I mean a lot. Like, that's the model, right? You create a series, you create a cartoon or whatever to sell the toys. You know, like, that's been the the model since the 70s. You create an EYP, you get kids pumped about it, you make a shitload of toys for it. Hasbro, so Hasbro, like, having some kind of stake in a TV uh, slash film market makes sense for them to do that. But, like, at the same time, if, the, like, they've they've had it for five years almost and they didn't really like do anything Hasbro related with it like we didn't really see a new Transformers thing that I remember or anything so it's just it's very interesting but Lionsgate's definitely going to take all these these what 3500 uh, 6500 titles 6500 IPs whatever it is and just run with it There'll probably be another streaming service come out. <laughs> it's just going to have all this stuff on there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, but that's wild though. Well, I mean, it just, it seems like they've, they've probably, fig- they've just figured out how to double dip. Yeah. Instead of having to wait for a popular franchise to come out so they can seal a deal and make you know make said toy or whatever merchandise they can just create you know like, like you're saying they can just create a toy get kids hopping and turn on spit a film out about it that so that's got me the double dip thing's got me wondering trav do you guys think that they they bought it for four billion they sold it for 375 million do you think that hasbro worked something out with entertainment one where it's like whenever we want to produce something that hasbro owns then you guys you guys cover costs for it. Either that or some sort of I would imagine some sort of merchandising percentage. Like they're probably like, hey, you guys make the movie, what you make is your own. But if it blows up in the toy cells, like you get nothing. Yeah. I could see that. I don't think toys really sell like they used to. No. I mean, most of the time when you see little kids, they're playing on, now like for collectors and, yeah, but like kids, 
Yeah, I don't no. think they got the attention span to do that anymore. That's boring. No, they want a tablet. Yeah, phone, a game. Well, that Hasbro's down. Their their stock is down incredibly right now. Yeah, because like the, exactly that reason. Kids don't want to. Why would a, Why would you buy kids a room full of toys when they're going to sit there and you can buy? a $300 tablet yep. and put it in their hands and put a, an Got otter everything. box on it. Yeah, exactly. And they're entertained for the, until they get old, older, you know what I mean? So I've seen it with, with my niece. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. well, I mean, another case in point, look at, look at toys R us. Yeah, exactly. Right. And what's wild is like, I saw a thing earlier where Best Buy is purging their stores of physical media. Like they're no longer carrying CDs, right? They they may carry vinyl, but they're no longer carrying well, physical CDs. media. Yeah, and they're they're getting. I'm pretty rid sure of, that's Blu-rays and DVDs. Yes, they're getting rid of yeah. all Blu-rays, DVDs, movies, you know, or uh, TV series, all that stuff. They're getting rid of all of it. And you have like GameStop is trying to pivot into be instead of it being a you know game resell shop whatever you want to call it to being something like hot topic mm. you know well, like it was it, well it was that merger with think eat yeah yeah so and that's what they're doing like you go the, in there yeah they're definitely game. the last the last one or two times that i was at our local GameStop, it, it was almost completely just covered in pop culture merchandise yeah it's it's that's all it is. It's pop culture. Pins, Funkos, shirts, notebooks, like anything that has an anime character on it, they've got it. So, but I mean, I, yeah. I feel like I even found, I even found them like some select game stops will actually even carry Gunpla. Like you can show up by Gundam models there. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, and another thing that GameStop was trying to do, and I don't know if they're still trying to do it or not, is like pivot into like a hangout place where like they have consoles and stuff set up and couches and people can like come there and hang out and play games and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, you kind of should have already done that. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. the the days where you get together with your boys on Xbox and play COD and like, you know, just play multiplayer. That's, that's kind of done. You know what I mean? Like you, you still do that, but you don't go to GameStop. You don't go to a midnight. You gotta go anywhere. Exactly. Like you, you, you do it specifically from home. It's like, well, I don't know. It's just, they kind of are behind the times on all that. So I feel like physical media in and of itself, even movies and Blu-rays and stuff are going to go, of just being collectors. Well, I saw a thing where they were saying, "Don't get rid of your DVDs, yeah, your Blu-rays, because this shit's going to it's going to become hard to get." Yeah, uh, there was one movie I can't remember the title, but it was a Ron Howard movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, you just can't get it. It's yeah. gone. Yeah, and it was some like you know cult classic. I can't remember the name. Yeah, but they were like, "This is why you have to hang on to this stuff." Yeah, because it's just going to be gone. Yeah. Or so. they'll have, they'll put it on streaming, but yeah, you get on there, movie. the movie's different. 
Yeah, exactly. They've changed parts. They've removed this. Yeah. They Yeah. So it's 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 very interesting and very telling, but we'll, you know, we'll just have to wade through it. You know, I'm still looking for that uh dead alive physical. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm going to find it one day. Every time I go to McKay's, every time I go anywhere, I'm like, where I know I know I'll see it in the wild at some point. So but yeah. So Argyle director teases several sequels. New images from the spy comedy have been released. So the spy action comedy Argyle starring Henry Cavill is due to hit theaters next month. And director Matthew Vaughn has big plans for the franchise. Speaking with Total Film, uh, who have also released a pair of new images from the movie, Vaughn reveals that he has two sequels already in mind, with the first following a young, younger version of Cavill's Super Spy. Book one is about how did Argyle become a spy. That will be the next film. And then Argyle 2 is, I don't want to give it all away, but there's the young Argyle that becomes Henry because Henry loves the idea of doing a proper Argyle movie as well. Argyle will, ta- Argyle will take a meta approach to the spy adaptation with Bryce Dallas Howard portraying author Ellie Conway who finds herself drawn into the real world of espionage when the plots of her books get a little too close to reality. Thus, the sequels would be based on further books, adhering closer to them and largely leaving the meta stylings behind. And it sounds like Henry Cavill is equally eager to star in more adventures as Agent Argyle. I think it's a fun character. I mean, it depends on where we go with it, really, as with anything. I have a great relationship with Matthew, so that would be the hard part. So that would be the hard part out of the way. The next bit is just building a story. As long as the story is good and the character has a place to go and it fits in with everything else that I'm trying to build and do, then great. Vaughn hopes that Argyle will be successful enough to spawn sequels, urging audiences to support original stuff. Everybody complains there's not enough original stuff, but it's because they don't go see it. People have got to buy tickets first or there won't be fucking anything. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all right, all right, Matthew Vaughn, you know. Um excited to peep this, you know? Oh yeah. Um and I think it's a I think it's a cool idea. It's like let's go meta first. And then after we go meta with everything, then we'll go to like here's the actual Argyle story, you know? Mm-hmm. Um which is great. It's kinda like, you know, Ian Fleming, you know, was a spy during World War II, or he wasn't a spy, but he was part of the the British, whatever. Um, And then he started writing spy novels because of, like, some of the experiences that he had. So it's like taking that idea and then, like, fully realizing it out. And it's like, that's pretty cool, you know? So, Mm -hmm. And it's got a great cast. I mean, when when you look at the picture here, I mean, Argyle has a flat top. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, what's better than that? Henry Cavill with a flat top? Like, come on. And it looks good on him. Mm-hmm. Old blockhead. You know? <laughs> he looks like the dude from Street Fighter. He, Guile? Yeah. <laughs> Our guy? Oh, guy? <laughs> like, I mean, he does though, right? You can pull it off. <laughs> Sonic yeah. Boom. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we got a great cast here. I am excited to see this. This looks really, really good. Cranston, Sam Rockwell, 
Sam Jackson. There's a dude with everybody. Yeah, there's a dude in here, but I can't make out who he is. It's almost like I can't see him. You know? Yeah, which one? No, uh, in that picture? Yeah. John Cena? Yeah, I can't see him. Oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Okay. I went far. I went yeah. deep for that one. I'm I like, well, he's right there. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, all right. You got me. I, I had to do it. Yeah. You know, I had to do it. All right. So fans react to a new rumor that popular Oscar contender is, quote, top of the pile for King's MCU recast. So the Marvel Cinematic Universe is a year to get its house in order following the departure of Jonathan Majors from the franchise, with most of its theatrical slate being shifted to 2025. In the role of King the Conqueror, Majors was set to be the cornerstone of the multiverse saga until he was recently convicted of assault and harassment and immediately fired by Marvel Studios. Recently, many names have been thrown in the ring of who could possibly take over the role in the future MCU movies. And one name that seems to be top of to be top of the pile is Cole Domingo. Although there has been no confirmation from Marvel Studios one way or another whether Kang will return in the future with a new face, internet scooper Daniel Rickman, aka Daniel RPK, has suggested that Domingo has appeared as a front runner in a race to recast the role. This may be a long way from a sure thing, and the world of insider scoops is littered with as many misses as hits, but fans and more have already made their voices heard on social media in relation to this particular rumor. So there's a lot of people, of course, hire this dude, hire this dude, hire this dude. Uh, Domingo recently, <clears throat> no, Domingo certainly has the credentials to take over the multi-faced role of King, having made memorable appearances in shows including Fear the Walking Dead and Euphoria, the latter of which earned him an Emmy. In addition to this, the actor is also in contention for Oscar glory this year for his role in Rustin. Uh, while the Marvel Cinematic Universe has been light on Academy Awards itself, there have been plenty of stars with Oscars uh, to their name to have appeared in the franchise, including Anthony Hopkins, Jeff Bridges, Natalie Portman, and Gwyneth Paltrow. For many reasons, 2024 could be an interesting year for Domingo if the rumors turn out to be true. Uh, on the Kang thing, I think they should just go old man Kang and get Zale. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about that, but I think that that would be, that would be the best in my opinion. Um, I also saw that like, you know, the dude that wrote Loki's working on secret wars, right? Mm -hmm. There, there's a rumor going around that, that secret wars is going to be, uh, seven to eight hours long. And it's going to be split up into two movies. So they could do that. They could do three Avengers movies. You got Secret Wars Part 1 and 2. And then Kang Dynasty or whatever that may look like in the future as like the final the final outing for this phase of the Avengers. So if that's the case, then sure. I mean, that that'll... That kind of feeds into what we were talking about a little bit last week, where it's like if they put enough time between it and let this pill happen to see if like what actually comes out of everything, then things could change, you know? Uh, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility, you know? So, but yeah, I think that like if they do recast it with, um, 
Coleman Domingo. I don't think that that's a bad choice. Uh, oh, he was a Kenya man. Yeah, 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 yeah. I haven't watched Rustin. Um, might be interested in checking that out. For it. Is that where he's like yeah. a lawyer or something? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, let's see. He was in Transformers: Rise of the Beast. Did not watch that. He was in Candyman, Blackout, The God Committee, uh, Lucy in the Sky. Haven't seen that. I don't think I, he was in Lucifer one episode. He's done a lot of TVs in Selma. He's been around. Yeah, he's done some stuff. Nash Bridges four episodes. Um, Kung Fu. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, we'll we'll see. They've definitely been working on a plan over there, and I'm sure like the writer strike and all that stuff gave them options, gave them a way to like sit down and really figure out what the next step's going to be. If, you know, depending on the outcome of majors trial, you know, Mm -hmm. so I'm sure they've got something in the pipe. Last up here, star Wars director, Charmaine obeyed. Shinoi says it's about time. A woman shaped a star Wars film. So star Wars director, Charmaine obeyed. Shinoi has said, quote, it's about time a woman-shaped Star Wars film after the beloved sci-fi franchise has gone close to half a century with films directed only by men. Obeyed Shinoi will direct a currently untitled and undated Star Wars film starring sequel trilogy star Daisy Ridley that follows her character Rey Skywalker as she looks to rebuild the Jedi Order 15 years after the events of Star Wars Episode Nine. I'm very thrilled about the project because I feel that we're about to create... <clears throat> I feel what we're about to create is something very special, she told CNN. We're in 2024 now, and it's about time that we had a woman come forward to shape a story in a galaxy far, far away. Um, Little else is known about it, though. uh, Ridley said in November 2023, it's a really cool film that isn't at all what she expected. Haven't read anything, but I know the story. She said at the time, it's really worth telling, worth exploring, and I think people will be excited. Through, uh, though the film was announced at Star Wars Celebration 2023 on April the 7th, Ridley said she hadn't even been approached about the role as of February 2023. Uh, the rapid turnaround between the initial conversation with Lucasfilm and her appearance at the event had her feeling very nervous. Ridley said, I was shitting myself. Great quote. Uh, this comes despite Kennedy claiming... Uh, at Star Wars Celebration 2023 that obeyed Shinoi's film, plus the movie from Filoni and Mangold were, quote, pretty far along in development. None of the upcoming films have premiere dates at the moment, though Disney has listed three Star Wars films on its release schedule, the long-awaited 2025 Star Wars film, which is set to be the first silver screen premiere since 2019, was pushed to May the 22nd, 2026, while the remaining two will premiere December the 18th, 2026, and December the 17th, 2027. So, yeah. We've got a... Uh, we, we knew that this was going to happen, right? Like, we, we knew that they were going to make a Ray follow-up Star Wars movie, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, this is what I'll say about it. 
they can't tarnish the legacy of those three movies any worse than they tarnish themselves. And this is going to be kind of like the Han Solo movie for a lot of other people. If it doesn't resonate with you, then it's going to fall into the obscurity of Star Wars. You know? Like, that's pretty much how it'll be. So, for better or for worse, we'll see how it all plays out. I mean, am I look? I just... I, I don't like the idea of Rey trying to rebuild the Jedi Order. Like, wasn't that one of the main points of those Rey movies is like, the books were like all the temple was burnt, right? So I don't know. Well, remember, uh, what's her name was going to make a a Star Wars movie. Remember the Squadron? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And then Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four came out, and they're like, oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> um, well. I don't know. I think you kind of summed it up pretty nicely, though, Griff. Like, it's either going to be an, uh, like some Star Wars that you enjoy, or it's just going to be part of the pile that you might glance back. Because the beauty of Star Wars is that there's so much stuff for it now that one need not have seen at all. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I mean, the only thing I'd hold to you is that if you haven't seen Empire, you should probably go do that. <laughs> yeah, right. Like at least up, like watch the whole fucking saga. Yeah, at least. Mm-hmm. But usually that's about the cutoff for most folks. Like they don't. Sure, they watch the Disney Plus stuff, but not, but not a whole lot in in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah. And I mean, well, it's like just because just because they they more or less wipe the slate a little bit clean by making all of the expanded universe legends. That doesn't mean that they're not going to just turn around and make the same layer of content, just a bunch of shit that either some people like, some people don't, some may not even heard of. Yeah. Well, it's just, it's interesting that like this comes up in a lot of the articles that I chose to not put in there, like talking about the individual that's working on this movie. Um, After what's happened over the last couple, like the last month or two with yeah. Lucasfilm, you know what I mean? It's like, why are they double downing on this idea after like the massive like not really backlash, but like the massive applause that the world gave South Park over their episode of South Park. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So that's, what's wild. It's like, they say that art imitates life. Life is slowly starting to imitate art in a way. You know what I mean? Because the conversation that is had towards the end of that episode, it's like got so much hate mail and so many people that I just decided to double down on it and give them the middle finger and everything. It's like, is that what's happening now? Like, it feels like the, it's almost being done out of spot. You know what I mean? So I don't know. Well, like I said, I'm going to watch it when it comes out. Like I do with all the star Wars stuff. And if it's 
Wonder Woman bad, then I'm just not going to watch it. You know, like that's just, I'm not going to watch it ever again. It'll just fall completely out of my, my knowing, you know, but I'm definitely not going to go to the theaters and watch it. At this point, it's going to have to take a lot to get me to go back to the theaters, you know? So. But yeah, I'm ready for trailers, though. Well, we got what little bit was out there. Yeah. It's dry. Is the paint wet, though? I mean, the paint's wet. (laughs) Trailers are dry. I understand. I understand. I'm ready, though, whenever you guys are. All right. Yeah, I'm ready. Dallin Donut. In 2004. The camera checks out. Yeah, right. Ninja kill face. Man's not hot. <laughs> Somebody been watching Bollywood movies. Yeah. A legacy fulfilled. Really? I think that video they were showing was like a real internet video. Yeah. Now it's been turned into a. A movie. What I will oh, so say. I got, so it got the grindhouse treatment. Yeah. Yeah. The tray that trailer looks just as good, if not better, than the last five movies Bruce Willis was in. So, you know. It, it's living up to Bruce Willis territory. He might be in it. <laughs> Him and Mel Gibson. They're both in it. I mean, oh, the more the merrier. Let's get Lundgren in there too, you know? So. All right, I'm ready. Hmm. It's wild with the water in it. Yeah.
Damn. I can't wait for Scorsese to make an American version of that, you know? <laughs> it looks good. It looks good. We got our second teaser. For Echo. Echo. All right. And it'll have, uh, I think the Daredevil's in this. Bet. Okay. Does it show the sex scene between him and no. She-Hulk? <laughs> Is that what we're doing? Mm-mm. Oh. Okay. Violence, violence, violence. It don't look bad. It don't look bad at all. I mean, if they, you know, they're reworking Daredevil, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe they decided that this was good enough that they were like, let's, let's just, let's keep the old ways and just keep the Netflix going, you know? Well, it makes you wonder, like, you know, they, after Werewolf by Night came out, they're like, oh, we're going to do Blade as like a more mature. Maybe they had the same conversation about Daredevil. I mean, it would make sense because people are going to be more receptive to a more violent Daredevil than they are um, a toned down She-Hulk banging Daredevil. You know what I'm saying? So. But yeah. The moon. This bitch gonna blow up one day, you know? The moon is gonna be it. Mm. That looks fucking terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> that looks fucking scary as shit.
Damn. So it's like their version of the Martian. Right. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. But I mean, hey, I'm down. It looks terrifying. A meteor shower on the moon? No, I'm good. Gundam anime trailer. Requiem for Vengeance? Uh, Made in Unreal 5. Oh, ooh la la. Okay. Let's fucking do this. Okay. Oh, shit. So this is damn near a direct sequel to OG Mobile Suit. Damn. Looks intense. DT dub. Mickey Mouse is now public domain. Oh yeah. Along with Peter Pan. So as soon as it dropped, they were they already had the movie ready. And you know that video game's coming out that's black and white where you're like Mickey Mouse, it's a shooter game. Yeah, I saw that. Crazy. We got our first horror. Mickey Mouse game. Let's see it. Movie. Let's peep Let's do, yeah. Hmm. What is this, 2000? Yeah, I know, right? This is so campy, they don't even need a tent. The music. They're like, you guys remember Mickey Mouse? <laughs> I don't know what I was expecting. Yeah. Look, there's an Angry Birds. Yeah.
There he is. <laughs> the hockey fan. It reminds me of Corey Wise. <laughs> Way he lurches around. It looks like it has a little more going on than the Winnie the Pooh movie. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, we're podlocked, right? <laughs> that yeah. you know they're doing a Peter Pan the the same. Yeah, yeah. One'll hit. I mean, dude, if you do that Peter Pan right, it could be pretty fucked up. It's like you got this crazy bastard that don't want to let their other kids grow up. Yeah, right. He can't. Yeah. It's like you know, and it's like here, meet my friend Jeffrey. Let's go to his island. You know. Do you spin Hook into the good guy in that scenario? I mean, he's kind of the good guy. Well, he's trying to get the it's kids, TikTok right? TikTok about that. Yeah, so. Like, Hook's the good guy. It's like. Yeah. He is. He's like, I don't want Wendy to grow up. And it's like, yeah, well. People grow up, mate, you know? Yeah. They get older. <laughs> <laughs> Use headphones for better experience. Check. All right. Is this mm-hmm. Sin City? Oh, <laughs> what? Mhm. What is it? <laughs> is it a demon? Is it a ghost? Is it vampires? It might be all of them, right? <laughs> demon, ghost, vampires? I don't know. There's only one way to find out. Yeah. Podlock. All right. 
So what do we got next week? What about that dream scenario? Nick Cage. Oh yeah. Play in your dreams, you know. <laughs> I honestly can't wait to check it out. I've heard really good things about it. So and it's Nick Cage. Before he goes Nick fucking <laughs> before he goes TV. Dream scenarios him kissing himself. He's just making out with all remember the, the clip? I mean W, you know. I've heard rumors that he might be back in Deadpool playing uh, Ghost Rider. That would make sense. How cool would that be? Yeah, right. Because nice it's Easter egg, like... Yeah, that would be super fun. Because he talked about like his thing for uh, Flash. Mm-hmm. I hated the way I looked. You know. And I'm mean, oh, yeah. kidding. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. kidding. Well, he was know? like, I didn't have anything to do with that. Yeah, they just did it. Just that would, that that would also make sense because, um, you know, with them, with Marvel Studios coming out and basically saying all past Marvel movies are canon because of the multiverse. Yeah. Like, the audience kind of put that together, but it's like a, you know, it's gospel. Yeah. But yeah, I'm ready for some Nick Cage nonsense, you know? I mean, yeah. Text in the mail. And the flag is raised. <laughs>